If you're kind and polite, all will be right. We believe that. Paddington believes that. But most importantly, Super Yaki believes that. That's right, Super Yaki is a company that believes in the finer things in life. Like Paddington, The Rocketeer, Guillermo del Toro, Judy Greer. If you love any of these things that I mentioned, you're going to love the good merchandise at superyaki.com. They make some of the best movie-themed t-shirts, hats, socks, pins, and everything else around. They've been endorsed by Kelly Marie Tran, Judy Greer, Rachel Weiss just said that she's been seeing their bumper stickers around. So if you think that those three actresses have great taste, which, God, I hope you do if you're listening to this show, go on down to superyaki.com. That's superyaki.com. And enter the code SUPERMONSTER, all caps, for 10% off your order. Superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies. The podcast which you are about to listen to is an account of the tragedy which befell two hosts. It is all the more tragic in that they were young, but had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and the macabre as they were to see in preparation for today's episode. For Matt and Jacob, an idyllic winter night became a nightmare. The events of this preparation would lead to one of the most bizarre podcasts in the annals of Talk Film Society history, the 2021 holiday episode of Monsters Never Die. to Monsters Never Die, Talk Film Society's spooky podcast where Jacob and I discuss classic monsters, human or otherwise, as well as their sequels, remakes, and ripoffs. I'm one of your co-hosts, Matt Curione, editor-at-large over at Talk Film Society, and with me as always is... Jacob DeNoble, just finishing up my big bowl of chili for the podcast. Mmm, best chili in town, Jacob. (laughs) Uh, How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing great. Uh, It's the end of the year. We have only a day or so left of 2021, and it's been an okay year uh, for the most part. I'm looking forward to changing gears and getting into 2022. How are you, Jacob? 2D2D2, as I'll be calling it. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I I encourage all of you listeners to also start calling the new year 2D2D2. Um, (laughs) <laughs> i approve doing, of this <laughs> great fantastic uh i'm doing great um end of the year excited um you know we all just kind of suffered through our big family get-togethers so we thought sure. that we would bless you listeners with um you know kind of the worst family dinners imaginable yes and uh we're gonna talk about the entire texas chainsaw massacre franchise hell and yes we are Boy, are there some highs and lows here. (laughs) Hills and valleys, my friend. Hills and valleys. This is going to be a very big roller coaster of an episode. Uh, I've been wanting to do this series for a while. Uh, I don't think it's very good, 
but I think it's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, like, there's maybe there's two movies here that I would call bonafide masterpieces, and the rest are just fun times at the, at the chili cookoff. Yeah, some of them are not fun times, but most yeah. of them are, are relatively yeah. Some fun of them are times. some of them are uh, anti-fun. And we'll get to those as well. And I'm sure we both will disagree on which ones are anti-fun and which ones are fun. Uh, oh, yeah. Matt and I, are, we are going to fight this episode. I can oh, already tell. Oh, yeah. I got my uh, little can of gasoline. I got my uh, power uh, chainsaw. We're ready to go. I uh, got my Dennis Hopper two chainsaws ready. Oh, you're running and gunning. You got your chainsaw holsters. I can't wait. Uh, and I got some chili on the stove. So we got to do this episode before it overflows. Uh, Jacob... Let's start off, obviously, with the seminal 1974 film from Toby Hooper and about four other people that made this movie. That's the entire crew, four other people. Uh, <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's a space thank there. Thank you. I was about to say, thank you for hitting that space really There really is a hard. space in between, and it must be noted. Uh, I've seen things, Jacob. I've seen yeah. things. Uh this movie, honestly, it's one of my favorites. It's a masterpiece. Regardless of genre. I yep. love this movie. It has two of my favorite performances of all time. Uh, not even in the horror genre, just overall. I think Marilyn Burns gives one of the best performances ever. Uh, mm-hmm. That sustained terror throughout the last 30 minutes is not art, not easy to do. And... I honestly love Gunnar Hansen here. I he he brings it. He brings it 110. percent And other I thought pe- John Larroquette was going to be your second. No, 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 no. Uh, Hansen though, like other car- people have played, you know, Leatherface, uh, most notably um, Christopher Walken's son from Batman Returns. But no one has pulled it off like Gunnar Hansen. Uh, Wait, was- Chip played <laughs> you didn't know- Leatherface in one of these? You didn't know that. No. Oh, yeah, that's Chip as Leatherface. Yes. <laughs> uh, before we get angry phone calls, Matt, let's acknowledge that that is, in fact, the mayor's son and not Christopher Walken's son. Um, the mayor played by the guy from Tanner 88. No, it's not. Christopher Walken doesn't have a son in Batman Returns. Chip is the mayor's son. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. You're right. Because that's his whole th- that's the penguin's whole thing, is he's uh, gonna yeah. kill the firstborn sons, and so he uh, takes yeah. Chip. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah, we're fine. I just I don't want to get the angry tweets. I I'm I'm not when I watch that movie, I'm I'm not focused on the two least horny people in the movie. Okay. <laughs> I just everyone else I, has I everyone else has sex appeal and like there's just like Chip and the mayor like uh like no, I'm sorry. You you guys are not sorry, Tanner eighty eight. You're not doing it for me. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Hit it up, Jacob. (laughs) Yeah, so, Matt, this is probably maybe one of the films that had had the most impact in my entire life on me. Oh, God, you saw it at the daycare, didn't you? No, no, no. I I, I saw this in college (laughs) for the first time. Okay, okay, okay. um, Immediately after seeing it, I became vegetarian for a year. Wow. Wow, <laughs> this movie uh, it, it it turned me vegetarian for an entire year, and um, the film that broke it, which is very weird that it was both a like semi spiritual experience with movies. Toby Hooper changing lives caused me to 
become vegetarian and then to break my vegetarianism, which was uh, my dinner with Andre. I, oh, I watched okay. that movie and I wandered into the woods in like a stupor because I was like so affected by it. And then I saw a snake and like Great my movie. heart leapt and I was like, I felt connected to the snake and I felt one with all of like the earth. And then I immediately went and got a hamburger from my favorite <laughs> okay, diner. Good. I thought Ithaca. you were going to say you ate the snake. I was like, no, I, I did not eat the snake. That's that not sounds like a twist out. from my dinner with Andre. My God. But yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is one of the best horror movies ever made. And yes. honestly, maybe the most effective horror movie mm-hmm. ever made. Mm-hmm. I think pound for pound, this is probably one of the scariest movies. One of the most unnerving, disturbing. And the style of it has a lot to do with that. The kind of... Daniel Pearl's semi- uh, masterful cinematography. Oh my god. The sun-baked scenery... That crane so shot people, underneath the bench. Ugh. So few people try and do horror movies in the daytime. It's and hard. This movie makes daylight terrifying. It's scary. It's great. Yeah, we don't need, you know, it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We don't need to recap it for you. No, no, no. I mean, the production design is something that I think is also just for a movie that's being made with like dollars and peanuts like the sheer grotesquerie of the house of the family is just like so well done and so unnerving you feel so uncomfortable being in that space all those and it's amazing feathers and chickens the chickens in the bird cage really always get me yes that's creepy and it's, and it's amazing because like every movie after this has so much more money behind it and they never yeah. capture how yeah. creepy this house is, how creepy yeah. this movie is. Because they don't have it's... chickens in bird cages. Yeah. That's and the... I can you can tell that that's just Toby Hooper in the background going, We need a chicken in a birdcage, and just like giggling his ass off. He says, This will get him. <laughs> the first appearance of Leatherface is so well done Oof. because it's yeah. matter of fact and a surprise at the same yeah. time. He just like appears but not in a way that's like a jump scare but it's still a jump scare yeah it's so good and the way that the characters in this movie just treat people like meat is yes i think that's something that differentiates this both from the sequels and then from also horror movies in general where it's not you know they are crazy but like they're not acting like insane like it's not jason Voorhees, it's not freddy krueger it's not them doing active evil it's them it's how benign it is to the family it's this is how we get our food this is how we get our meat this is how we treat these people (laughs) and honestly it was that matter of factness that was what affected me so much when i first saw it it really hits it hits hard uh so I have some fun facts about this tell me some fun facts uh i have the same camera that the hitchhiker has well, that's fun. It works. Um, he does not know how to operate that thing. Uh, obviously, uh, the way he took that picture, it's going to turn out like shit. That's a little photography fun fact. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's a moron. He does he doesn't know what he's what he's doing. Uh, another uh, <laughs> Jesus, this is horrible. Uh, we uh, okay back when uh, I still live with my uh, parents. We needed a loud movie with you know noise and shit uh, for when we would, you know, (laughs) 
do things. Uh-huh. Uh, so this was the go-to. This was the uh-huh. go-to movie to put on. So I, yeah, I've seen this movie hundreds of times, uh, <laughs> technically, and uh, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> oh God, Matt! <laughs> Holy shit! Anyway, uh, yeah, this movie rules. <laughs> I don't think anything it's, else is going to top it. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of the, episode, at least with that story I just told. <laughs> one of the, the challenges and one of the, I think, interesting things about this in terms of slasher movies, it was watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies that made me think this. I think a great slasher franchise can't be born out of a great movie. Yeah, I think the you best can really go slasher- down from there. Yeah, the best slasher franchises are ones that there's room for discovery, at least in the yes. early movies, where you're adding new things to the mythology, you're introducing new concepts, and every Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie from this is pretty much playing in the exact same sandbox as this movie, just with yes. like changes of tone. Yeah. And it's... Uh, it's it's interesting because of that, and it, it does make it, I think, a, a harder watch if you're going to watch them all back to back. The way yeah, it's rough. I just it can did, be rough. Um, versus like Jason, where it's like, oh, they're all the same, but they're all the same in like a fun way, and yeah. like as it goes on, you're introducing new, weirder stuff, and this is much more. I don't know. It feels a little more repetitive as a franchise. I get you. I get you. But uh, it's one of the best. It is one of the best. Toby uh, Hooper, man. God bless him. God bless him. So this is Toby Hooper with no money, making one of the most effective movies of all time. And then uh, for the sequel, Canon Films gave him a truckload of cash. And you know what he did? Yeah. He made one of the most fun horror movies ever made. I, uh, Dog Will Hunt, Jacob. Dog Will Hunt. I do not understand how... Texas, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre oh. is a masterpiece. And the so Texas is the Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre Part Two is the exact opposite movie, and it's still somehow a double masterpiece. Yes, it's fucking great. I yeah, this movie's love a hoot. This bonkers ass movie. It is just so much fun. With all caps, Jacob, all capital letters in that in that uh, fucking Dennis Hopper, Lord of the Harvest. Uh, absolutely love him here love him here just going nuts uh insane i i love that the the cook goes on goes to like chili cook-off uh competitions and wins with his you know human chili um i love carolyn williams as stretch i think she's oh my god she's so awesome uh bill mosley notch character bill mosley is chop top awesome love chop top uh I, I love all these characters. I love this movie. It is the definition of batshit 80s cocaine insanity. And it works. It works so damn well. Uh, yeah, this is Toby Hooper unhinged. I mean, I will say God when I think em. of the, when I think of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre family, these are the characters I think of. Exactly. This is this the is iconic the family yes. to me. Um yes. But yeah, it's essentially Toby Hooper just making a broad horror yeah. comedy, and it's so. Oh, you want to give me money? I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, the soundtrack to this movie fucking rules, which mm-hmm. I guess makes sense because the main character is a DJ. But you exactly. have like 
You have multiple Timbuktu cool songs. Yes. You have the Cramps. You have Oingo Boingo. It's like the best of 80s new wave. All yeah, kind of it's awesome. I love this movie so much. People, I, you know, I wasn't there. I cannot imagine people went to see this like opening night and weren't like absolutely pissed during the oh, first they, like five oh seconds. God, I'm sure people were furious with this movie when they, when they <laughs> first came out. Because it's just so far from what the first from one what is. We got. Yeah. And uh, w- not, which makes I, sense because, as we said, you can't top that movie. You can't, no, you can't. do better you than that. You have to do something did. completely different. And that's, I think that's what Hooper realized. He's like, I'm not going to top the original. Let's try this. And he tried it and he knocked it out of the fucking park. I mean, sure, at the time, people probably hated this thing. But you know what? Like most great films, it gains traction over the years thanks to you know vhs rentals and uh home video and i know some people this is their favorite in the series and i get it i totally get it jacob like it's fun as hell like the original is fun in a weird way like i watched texas chainsaw massacre to have fun like i watch eraserhead to have fun you know what i mean (laughs) This movie, because it I turns actually, you on. <laughs> no, yes, maybe. I don't know. Next question. Uh, no, but I throw this movie on when I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm in the mood for some crazy Uncle Dennis. Let, let's watch him yeah. go ape shit for an hour and a half. Ah, he's so good in this. <laughs> yeah, I. It's a weirdly structured movie, though. There's like oh, yeah. four sequences in the entire film, and that's it. It's like. You have the opening, like, car scene. You have the extended, like, radio station scene. Yes. And then you're just underground forever. Yeah, and they're awesome <laughs> And fun then house. the movie just I love ends. their fun house. Their fun house rules. The, yeah. the set design in this is so great. They live under, like, an abandoned amusement park, which is, like, already just amazing. And, yeah. And yeah, like, the, this, set, the sets in this movie are great. Speaking of sets, I want to jump back to the first movie real quick. Uh, yeah. In May, there's a chance I'm going to Austin, Texas. Ooh. Uh, to hang out, you know, with uh, our with friend of the show and uh, other editor, uh, Marcelo J. Pico. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wants to go to the Texas Chainsaw uh, gas station. Yeah. Which he has somehow never been to. And it's only like, you know, half an hour away. So uh, we will have a full report if I do make the trip. It's very likely. Oh, that'll be fun. I'm like a ninety yeah. percent yes that it's going to happen. So you heard it here. Heard it here first, folks. <laughs> but it's, yeah, Texas uh, too. This I feel like this movie is much more in line with Toby Hooper's sense of humor career from from yeah, be, pretty yeah. much beyond the first movie. It's, yes, he he seems like a guy who likes to have fun in his movies. He, oh yeah, um, he definitely has fun. Uh, there's a great story from Bill Mosley on the Blu-ray where he talks about he was on take 13 of attacking the guy with a hammer <gasps> and and Toby Hooper asks for another take and he, he stops. He's like, Toby, am I doing something wrong? You know, what do you want from me? And Toby Hooper was just like, no, I'm just having fun watching this. this is, <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is I, this is this kind of set we're on, I guess. Like, Jesus. <laughs> no, this is the kind of movie we're doing. Go again, do it. Yeah. It's fun. I, I like the idea that Chili being made with human meat is all you need to win a chili contest. Because like, right. I can't imagine they're actually good cooks. <laughs> oh no, they're terrible. They're, they they um, got to be terrible cooks. 
Dennis Hopper, like we we mentioned, he's he's in this movie as a the uncle of um, the character who in a wheelchair from the first one, Franklin. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, Franklin. And he's so good. And the movie ends with him with two chainsaw, like yeah. a chainsaw on chainsaw fight is like both so obvious and so out of the box for a way to end a Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre movie. It's like, oh, of course this is what you do. But at the same time, I'm like, I never would have thought of this genius idea. No, it's such a good idea that no one but Toby Hooper could think of it. Yeah. Not just um, think of it, but pull it off. Have you seen any of the uh, deleted Rampages? There were, I they deleted have a not. Bunch of I have not watched night- those yet. I Which, which Blu-ray do you have? I have the Shout Factory. Okay, good. And the one that's out of print. <laughs> yeah, we're lucky. <laughs> they uh, they deleted a bunch of like nighttime rampages where the family would just like go out and kill people. Um, Joe Bob Briggs is in there. Oh um, wow, cool. They, they, it's there's some more like horror comedy where it's like they chopped off a hand and it flips them off. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good. They should have left that in. That's good. Yeah, that's a but, good. But uh, we. Ha- the effects in this were Tom Savini, and goddamn, he does a great job. He's good. Yeah. And then... Don't know if, don't also, know if people know that, but that Tom Savini, he's pretty good. Yeah. And a guy's head, head gets chainsawed in half, and that's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Ah, this movie... Ah, it's great. It's one of the uh, best horror films of the 80s. And it made no money. Of course it didn't. Because, you know, canon loved to throw money at movies, but... Uh, when they, you know, really took a chance, sometimes it just didn't take. <laughs> well, one one of the problems was that uh, it received the X rating, and uh, so the filmmakers yeah. just released it unrated. So, you that uh, really cuts down on your ability to advertise for it. Um, yeah. And but the movie does have one of the all time great horror movie posters. Oh, the Breakfast Club is, one, yeah, yeah. It's a parody of the Breakfast Club poster, just with the Texas Chainsaw yes. again. Amazing. Who signed off on that? I don't know, but they're a genius, and I Cocaine love them for it. Cocaine signed off on that. <laughs> That's who so, on it. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is 12 years after the first. Um, we didn't have to wait as long for the second. Just a four-year gap before we get Leatherface, colon, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Yes. Literal colon. <laughs> because cannibals. <laughs> yeah. Um, Toby Hooper's gone and said we have Jeff Burr who uh, directed the Stepfather movies. Oh, uh, he, the maybe the with, second uh, one, the one with Locke. Yeah, he directed Stepfather Two, which is pretty fucking good. He also uh, did Pumpkinhead Two. I haven't seen that. No. Mm. And uh, from a whisper to a scream, which is really great. If you haven't, seen oh, that's that. uh, that's the uh, later Latter Day uh, Vincent Price, right? Yeah, it's a Vincent Price uh, anthology movie. So yeah, Vincent yeah, Price yeah. is like hosting. That's cool. It's a. Uh, it's pretty good. This guy, he, he does good good work, um, but he never really got much money to do the things that he needed. Exactly. Um, this one's an interesting one, because it's New Line bought the rights to Texas Chainsaw Massacre because they saw the Freddy grosses going down, and they were like, okay, we, need a, new we need a new guy. We need a new character that we can build a movie around, and then launch this franchise into, like, the same slasher heights yeah. that Freddie and Jason are in because one of the all-time teaser trailers. Oh my god! Where with Leatherface taking the chainsaw out of the lake like uh, Sword in the Stone. Yep, amazing! And I wish that scene was in the movie. <laughs> and what's kind of sad though is that that teaser trailer is apparently the only trailer they cut for this movie because Oof. they decided to just like 
barely release it. This movie is uh, uh, sadistic. This movie, this movie is essentially, it's exactly what they set out to do. It is the slasher movieization yes. of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's let's focus on Leatherface. Let's make him a slasher icon because the first two movies. They're really not leather. They're about family. Much they're, the yeah. first two movies are the Fast and the Furious of this franchise. They're about family. <laughs> I was gonna say it, it's kind of like Hellraiser, the way that the Cenobites are a unit in yes. Hellraiser's one and two, but then from Hellraiser three on, they it's just put Pinhead and others and the Cenobites. Yes. and this is the movie that's trying to be. It's Leatherface and his family and his fam. Uh, I like it. I've always liked this movie. I like the unrated mm. cut quite a bit. Um, Viggo Mortensen is really hot in this. He's also really good. He's really good. It's a really good young Viggo Mortensen. Uh, I'll say it again. Extremely attractive. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, that's fine. Good for you, Viggo. <laughs> good for you. Uh, but no, I, I, I like this movie. I Anytime you add Ken Forey into a movie, I'm going to be very happy i yeah and he's so good in this him versus leatherface is a really cool fucking fight um yeah uh the guy with the polaroid camera at the gas station kind of knows how to use his camera <laughs> i i love that this is a recurring bit for I, this episode. I also own that camera jacob oh except mine nice. is autofocus yeah so it's a little better um he kind of knows how to use it, which good for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna uh, have a recurring camera bits on this show from now yeah. on. Sorry. <laughs> One of the things that they uh, they do to make Leatherface more iconic, which that you don't really have to do much because like no, he has a great look, he has a cool name, he has a, yeah. a signature weapon, but Bloody they apron give him and a, and, a, and a chainsaw. That's all you need. But they give him in this a squeaky leg brace. So mm-hmm. that you can always hear him coming, even if the chainsaw is not running. And yes. I think that's the work of a. I think that's genius. I, think, I, think I that's love that. Cool. Yeah, that's a, such a good moment. Uh, but yeah, no, is... I, I dig this movie a lot. Yeah, it's the, fun as shit. One bless, of the best uh, moments. Bless Warner Archive for putting this out. Yeah, one of the best moments is Leatherface with the speaking spell, where yes, there's a. It's a picture of a person, and it's like, what's this? And he types in food, and it's like, no. And he gets mad, and he types <laughs> like, food what? in again. <laughs> food. It's so no. good. I love that. Yeah. It's a fun it's little a... bit. I uh, I dig this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of good gore. There's a great scene where they all get shot up from the outside, and like everybody just gets blown apart inside. Yeah. I love adding a little girl to the family. I think that's a great call. Yes. Nice and She's... creepy. Yeah, she's so good, and, like, it's kind of wholesome. Yeah. Uh, I I do wish this movie... This movie is almost entirely at night, which, like, yes, yes. is fine, but I miss some of that sun-baked atmosphere yeah. of the original. This was also famously, for a while, the only one not shot in Texas. Um, but there's some beautiful, like, night photography, and there's, like, a swamp that famous Texas swamp. I dig swamp. the swamp. <laughs> but I it's cool looking. So yeah, like, I don't, I don't like really fucking care. But yeah, I like, and this movie is also like, it's 85 minutes long. It get, it knows it's like, 
we don't want to waste your time. We're going to give you exactly yeah. what you want. Get in, get out, get on with yeah. your life. This is... And plus, it's gruesome. It's fun. This is the first Texas Chainsaw movie. I mean, obviously, because it's only the third one. But here we have our first Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie to ignore a previous movie. And yeah. we're going to keep getting that over mm-hmm. and over and over and mm-hmm. over again. Mm-hmm. Um, is... Is it possible Texas Chainsaw Massacre has the most continuities out of any of these? I think so. It just might. All right. Halloween is on its fifth, I think. Is we it? Have Halloween 1, 2, 4, 5, 6. Okay. Halloween 3 is its own thing. Okay. Halloween 1, 2, H2O Resurrection. Okay. The zombie remakes. Yes. And then 1, 2018 and Halloween Kills. Yes. So that's five... Five Halloween. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. TCM, we have one. One, two, I guess, is is one of them. Yeah, yeah. Then we have three, its own thing. Four is its own thing. Yes. The Platinum Dunes remake and then its prequel are together. So that's four. Texas Chainsaw 3D is its own thing. That's a sequel to the original. Yeah, but it's not in continuity with part two. Yeah, yeah. So that so we have five now. Yeah. Leatherface is in continuity with 3D for some fucking reason. <sighs> we'll get to it. Uh, and then we won't be talking about this, but there's a new one coming out in uh, in February. So that'll be six total. God, there is another one. Wow. So it's it's a you know what actually beats it? Leprechaun. And that's just because oh every Leprechaun movie is a different Leprechaun, <laughs> except for Leprechaun Returns. Oh, God. I remember that series. We talked so about that series. That yeah, happened. That's that was the thing we seven did. Leprechaun <laughs> continuities, beating TCM uh, by one, beating Halloween by one. God um, bless him. Sorry, I just, I wanted to to go through that. This, um, But, yeah, this that's this is great. Let's, let's move on to... Uh, Return to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre slash Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation. Next Generation. Ah, uh, yes. This is a weird one. You go first, Jacob. <laughs> um, so, this one is directed by Kim Henkel. And Henkel he co-wrote had, the original. Yep, co-wrote the original. Feels very much like the George Romero-John Russo relationship from yes, Night of the Living yeah. Dead, where it's like, George Romero goes on and has his whole career and like very clearly proves himself as someone who can do more than just the one thing. While John Russo, who co-wrote it, is like, I'm going to keep going back to the living dead well as much <laughs> as you'll let me because I have the rights to it. Yeah. And uh, Kim Henkel kind of has the same thing where it's like, while Toby Hooper goes off and does his own thing, Henkel's like, I'm going to stick with Chainsaw Massacre because this is all I'm I good at funding this. for. <laughs> um, this is... I wouldn't act. I wouldn't call this good. There's a lot. Int- it's weird, and that is worth watching. Um, we have Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey Hell in yeah. roles that their agents tried to stop this movie from being released. Hell yeah! <laughs> Even better. I I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's. I all of these movies hit the same beats so it's like it's hard to talk about them too much where it's like you have people going about on a you know 
driving in Texas, and then they meet a creepy Bad person. happen. And then they have a dinner sequence. They always have to have the dinner sequence. And this movie has got a hell of a one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mostly notable for just how bananas everyone is acting. And yes. McConaughey particularly is really, really giving it his all. And I, I respect that. It's wild to think that this came out the same year as Scream. <laughs> <laughs> That's only because it was delayed. Uh, I have something to tell you, Jacob. Tell me. I fucking love this movie. Yeah. I love this movie. I wish Darla had her own movie. I love Darla. Darla rules. Uh, she's like the real estate agent who orders the oh, pizza. Yeah. Uh, she, she is, is awesome. She is uh, She's the crazy random person that they meet at first. Uh, love her. Uh, I love... The fucking bonkers Illuminati subplot. I, I love it so much, Jacob. Uh, the fact that like the crazy cannibal family is are like a CIA psyop <laughs> to like, I, yeah. drive people crazy. That is amazing. That is an amazingly what the hell choice that this movie makes. Um, it's the best part of the movie, I think. It's awesome. It is awesome. I love Renee Zellweger here. I think she's great. Um, the little few extra scenes she gets in, like, the director's cut uh, really make her, like, a terrific final girl. I think she's t- wonderful. Um, I, I said this a while ago, but next to Gunnar Hansen, Robert Jacks is my favorite Leatherface. Hmm. I love what he goes for here. Uh, really playing the character a little differently. Uh, he's got some, like, little quiet moments, but when he gets loud and, you know, scared, because uh, that's what Leatherface is, he's he's scared of everyone. Um, absolutely love him. I, I really love him. He's so damn good in this movie. He's my second favorite Leatherface. I really like him. And I... He's, he's just great. But yeah, you know me. I'm a big fan of a late franchise lore dump. And... This movie gives it to me, and it also gives me Matthew McConaughey with a remote-controlled leg. That's pretty yeah. fun. And it also gives me some rando quoting Shakespeare all the fucking time, and I think that's weird and fun. McConaughey's robot leg is so cool, and I love it's when so it crushes fun. someone's head. <laughs> yes. Uh, I love that. I love that they set this girl on fire, like, just at the dinner table. Like, that's a thing you do. This movie's like wild, we- Jacob. I love it. I like that we've gone from hippies to yuppies. That's interesting. It's nice. It's a good switch. Yeah. Good switch. Uh, I, I I like Which, that. Uh, what version did you watch? I watched um, the theatrical cut. Okay. Okay. So you watched the next uh, generation. It, yeah. It was all okay, that was cool. available for okay. me to rent. So. Oh, so you don't have the Scream Factory for this. No. and It's good. To, to be honest, I probably won't buy it. <laughs> you should. It's a good one. I like I respect and enjoy a lot of the choices in this movie. I don't see myself sitting down to watch this movie. I have watched it so many times, Jacob. <laughs> so many times. I do like the uh, the rock and roll in the climax. I think that's a lot of fun. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, uh yeah, I like this movie a lot. I think it's pretty damn good. I laughed at one, like, there was one line that made me laugh, and it was, you can get prostate cancer. Yes, good. That was funny. Very good. (laughs) Uh, Um, No, I like it. It's fun. Yeah. And then it 
also did badly. The, of course it did. One of the fast, uh, yeah, box office for this was $185,000. <laughs> and like, the interesting thing about Texas Chainsaw Massacre is that literally every movie in the franchise outside of the first one and the next one we're going to talk to has lost money. And yet they're still like, let's keep making these, baby. Let's keep trying it. <laughs> at, at a certain point, you feel like they have to learn that, like, there's not really an audience for this. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I hope springs eternal, I guess. Yep. And up next, we have the remake from one time end of days, hopeful Marcus Nispel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've got the the first of the Platinum Dunes horror remakes. Texas Chainsaw uh, Massacre 2003. 2003. 03. I saw this in theaters when it came out. Mm. I liked it then. I still like it now. It's pretty darn good. It's effective. It's very pretty. Um... Yeah, I dig it. Dig it a lot. I have one question for you. Go for it. Why the fuck would you start a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie with the song Sweet Home Alabama? Because they're on their way to a Skinnerd concert. That's why. I know, but still. That's why. <laughs> That's why. There, I just asked also... you a question. It makes All right. sense. All right. I it also, makes I... sense. I, I had questions about the, the timing of the uh, Skinner concert and them hoping that they would play Freebird, but... that Oh, they were high getting, as hell. They had no idea what was going on. Well, I, I more meant I don't, I don't think Freebird had really reached into the pop conscious by that oh, point. Oh, they're, they're, like, they're like hardcore, you know, Leonard Skinner fans, man. They, they've heard they <laughs> the band has been workshopping this at concerts. Like, they know. They know this song is real. I uh, I like that uh, John Larroquette is back for the opening. That's cool. That's a nice um, nice little touch. My teen sister saw this when it came out. I did not. Wow. And uh, I remember she came home and she was telling me about how it opened and closed with the real footage, from <laughs> which so many it now, people I so many people I know thought it was real footage. That's so funny to me. People it, are not smart. I you know I I understand if you're not a film person that that verisimilitude can't isn't really something you're looking for and yeah. this franchise the first movie just like essentially lying about being based on a true story it kind of sort of is I don't think you can Ed Gein made lamps out of people I don't think you could call there was once a guy who skinned people. <laughs> a true story that you can base the Texas Chainsaw Massacre off of. That's fair. That is like, fair. If that was the like, any time any murder happened, I could be like, ah, this is based on a true story. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is this movie was a gigantic hit. It gigantic, is huge. Single handedly responsible for kicking off the bad two thousands horror remake trend. Yeah, um, I mean, every without, once in a while you got some great ones like yeah, say, like House of Wax or whatever. I was about to say, can I, I want to read you the list of everything that came out in the wake, and of I this. will tell you if I like it or not. Okay, so this is between 2003 when this came out and 2009, yeah. so just that decade. Okay, first one out of the out of the bucket is Dawn of the Dead, really good. And then we have Amityville Horror, Ugh. House of Wax, 
Yeah. Black Christmas, which Fuck I yeah. love. <laughs> uh, the Omen. No. <laughs> the Fog. <laughs> <laughs> when a Stranger Calls. Actually pretty good. Really? Yeah, I saw that for the first time about a year ago. I really hmm. liked it. The Wicker Man. Yes. Halloween. Fun fact, fun fact, Jacob, I prefer it to the original. Okay. Because unlike the that. original, it's not boring. And things Hey, the original happen. is a musical, so I don't oh, know what the, the fuck to tell you, man. sucks so much. Oh, my God. Hate it. Boo. Hate it, Jacob. What was next? Uh, the Halloween. It's good. The Invasion. Oh, yeah, I love that one. We talked about that. We did. Prom yeah, Night. I love that movie. Uh, no. Hard pass. Friday the 13th. Fuck yeah. I don't care for it, but it's fine. Yeah, I know. You're wrong. It's fine. It's okay My to be Bloody wrong. Valentine. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. And Sorority Row. <laughs> don't even know what that is. So. I'm good on that. <laughs> it's interesting. But, like, this movie, sing- again, single-handedly defined that entire day. De- like, we were coming exactly. out of the, yeah. the J-horror remakes were, like, yeah. just happening now. Meanwhile, the slasher franchises that are still trying to go on are Seed of Chucky and Jason X, and they feel yeah. like they're like a million years old compared to this. Yeah. And aesthetically, this is really kind of ground zero for that grungy piss look that so many of those movies have that I like in this, but I generally don't care for. It's You know why lot. you like it in this? Because Daniel Pearl is a great DP. <laughs> And he's back from the original. Back from the original. And, God, there's just some shots in this that are like, yeah, it's it's a gross movie, but there's some shots that are just fucking beautiful, Jacob. I I like how impressionistic it is. It's interesting, because, like... Like, there's that set- shot of Jessica Biel running through the woods, and you see the moonlight coming through, like, yep. the leaves. And I, I have that. Im- it's, it's something you'd expect out of a Terrence Malick film, <laughs> which this most certainly is not. Well, what I like about it is that it's very clear that it is a bright, sunny day. And yet it's somehow shot that in a way that it feels like it's night. Like it's oppressive. Yeah. And that's it's an interesting, impressionistic, not realistic choice that I think really works for this. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Uh, Um, Arlie Ermey is great here. I really like him. It's nice to see him not playing a caricature because he so often was asked to do the one specific thing people had seen him do and in this he's i mean playing an actual character i mean i really like him in uh out of what i've seen him in uh i th- really like him here he's really mm-hmm. fucking effective and like like everything else in this movie he's gross uh love him in this obviously i like him in full metal jacket i mean how could you not that's like a star is born moment. Uh, mm-hmm. I love him in the Frighteners. I think he's he's fun in that. See, but that is and much, very much the Arlie Ermy. Yeah, that that's say. do your thing from do, Full Metal. Do the shouty thing, and yeah, then he and, does the shouty thing. And honestly, I think his best performance is in Seven. Mm-hmm. I love him as the chief of police in that. I think he's terrific in in that movie. It just, just I mean. He has my favorite line in Seven, where he's sitting at the desk, he answers the phone, he's like, not even my desk, and just hangs up. I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, good movie. I like it. 
I I don't love it, but it's it's okay. It's more it's more just it's not my vibe when it comes to horror movies. Got one of the most haunting things I've seen in a horror movie where he shows up wearing the boyfriend's face. I I think that's just creepy as hell. That's a great moment. Um, but yeah, it's it it does some interesting things, and I think out of any of the slasher franchises. A remake makes the most sense for Texas Chainsaw Massacre because yeah. it's the only one that has no continuity to like toss out. Doesn't there's no, to. there's no iconic actors or looks or anything really the way that like Friday and Nightmare both have. So yeah, it was a way. And to Chip just say, and Chip is pretty good as Leatherface. It's uh, it was a way to just say, all right, here's Ground Zero. Here's Here's a new Leatherface, and then yeah. they they made a prequel for some reason. <laughs> they sure did. I, Matt, I will be honest though, I really liked this, and I definitely prefer it to the first one. I hate it. Really, I hate it. I, I don't care about anything that happens in this movie. I like the characters a lot more. They're not all just weird, horny assholes. I like that it has kind of a political angle. It talks a lot about. Yeah, the character, the two main guys are both drafted drafted, into the Vietnam War. One guy is returning and his brother is going to be a draft dodger. And that's like conflict between them. And they talk about the things that war inures you to and that you become just like totally okay with. And then it's revealed that Arlie Ermey in Korea started eating people in his prisoner of war camp. And that's like what he brought home with him. And yeah, I think that's, that that's a good an moment. interesting thematic. This movie at least has something to say, which is, I think, the first time one of these has actually had something to say since the first one. That's fair. But I just it's, don't like it. Overall, I just I don't like this movie at all. What, what don't you like about it? It just it does, I don't care about where Leatherface came from. At all. But like at all. There's one scene at the. You can't I don't know. make me care about where Cannibal Boy came from. I don't know why this was just a explain it by him saying, yeah, "I'm hungry." And I'm but like eat Matt, Matt, here's the thing. That's how this was advertised. This movie is not the origin of Leatherface. This movie is one scene at the beginning. Leatherface is born on the floor of a meatpacking plant, <laughs> which fucking rules, by the <laughs> way. The that's movie. a that's a great concept. And then the rest of the movie is just. Hey, we wanted to do another Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, but we killed off Arlie Ermey like idiots, so I guess we have to make this take place a year before. Yeah. That's the only way this is a prequel. It's not like this whole movie leads up to him like putting on the mask and saying, now I'm Leatherface. <laughs> um, I think Jonathan Liebesman is a step down, though. I mean, I don't like Marcus Nispel either, but Jonathan Liebesman hasn't really ever done anything good i don't think um let's see let's see what he's done uh he did the ninja turtles <laughs> it's fine uh, the darkness sequel's better falls. darkness falls would have been good if they kept the original monster design um i like uh, battle battle LA. sorry uh, i never i'm saw a fan it. heard it was I'm bad a fan wrath of the titans yeah no he's not good yeah but, but I like um, Battle LA. Uh, Battle LA was uh, pretty dope. It was better than I thought it was going to be. So, well, that's okay. I, I like Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Beginning. So, <laughs> but 
bad title. It, again, I, I think this title sell, like leads into what you don't want to see and like what I don't really care about. It's like, I don't want to see yeah, a no face origin. No one cares. Uh, let's I, talk about another movie I don't like. Hold on. There's one last thing I want to say. It is wild to me that 70s jeans were famously high-rise, but <laughs> Jessica Biel and Jordana Brewster's jeans are like barely above their butt crack like they have the <laughs> lowest rise pants i've ever seen in my entire life and it's like guys this is the one decade where you're going the exact opposite <laughs> where have i seen her before fast and furious baby uh, wow i don't recognize her from that at all okay <laughs> i know her from the i'm looking her up i know her from the faculty i couldn't pick her out of a lineup of anyone in the fast movies oh Sorry. my god that's so funny nope i know her from the faculty yeah that's it but I, I will also say, I do like that she just gets murked at the end. Like, she's yeah. driving to safety, and then all of a sudden, a chainsaw womp, comes womp. through her chest. <laughs> womp, womp. Like, uh, I don't know. I I think of any of the movies to capture the, like, horror of the first one, where it's like, oh, hey, you know how you're just, like, living a regular life, and then all of a sudden, the worst fucking thing ever happened happens to you? I think this one actually sells that. It pulls it off. But, but I don't like it. <laughs> Let's talk about another have... movie I don't like. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. Yeah. I had a brother. <laughs> this, this movie. It's a movie. Here's it's what a I movie. She, she, she's uh, really good looking for a 40-year-old. Uh, <laughs> or 45 or however the fuck she's supposed to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, one of the writers on this was your boy Adam Marcus, who did uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Um, hell yeah! But and you know what? He, they can't all be winners, buddy. His this... draft, he says, he wrote it to take place in the '90s to make her actually age appropriate, but yeah. they just didn't go with that. Um, but yeah, so it opens with footage from the original, which is so not a great idea because, like, it's supposed to be age appropriate, like, kinda. And then, so then it would have taken place in the 90s, right? Yeah. But then in the 90s, they have FaceTime. And yeah, well, so yeah, it, it doesn't take place in the 90s. It takes it place clearly in 20s. Clearly, it can't. It takes place in some weird alternate reality. I'll, I'll, ugh. I will tell you, uh, my favorite part of this movie is Richard Real. He's you know so good. He is. He's my favorite part of this fucking movie. I, I love him. Uh, people know him as, you know, this like character actor. He shows up in like every other movie. He's terrific here, and he's the only thing I can talk about that I really like about this movie. <laughs> I was a Grounded for Life fan, so I okay, I, all right. I also I like admit. him in I also like him in Hatchet, where he's the guy with his wife on like you know we're on a fun vacation, honey. <laughs> the kids are off at college. We're finally gonna go on vacation, just us. Yeah, too bad, I, buddy. I don't know if this was an intentional subversion or if they just missed this opportunity. Richard Real shows up, and you, I just immediately think, this is the perfect actor for the character who is the guy who seems friendly, and then at the end, at, yes. you know, in the third act, is revealed to be part of the cannibal mm-hmm. family. No, he's just a good dude. He's just a nice man. <laughs> it's like, he's just a nice man, Jacob. I, I couldn't tell. Like I was like, do you, filmmakers, do you know that you pulled one over on me, or did you just yeah. not think of this? <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you should have done that, guys. So I, mean, I will, I will admit. So first half of this movie is pretty dreadful. Uh, I hate the the characters are all terrible. 
Um, Awful. I I like that Alexandra Daddario works in a meat locker. I think that's a cute <laughs> idea. Um, the 3D makes them have to take a like very clean image, which is so antithetical to Texas Chainsaw Massacre that yeah. like it just doesn't make any sense for a movie to be in 3D. Um, Tanya Raymond like sexually assaults Alexandra Daddario's boyfriend until he finally agrees to fuck her, which I don't like. Um, it's weird. But I will say, in the back half of the movie, I'm not going to say it won me over, but I enjoyed, and I was like, you know what? This movie at least feels different than every other movie I've watched up to this point, which, when I'm seven movies in, I kind of appreciate. Because you get Leatherface at a carnival, which is, I, you know, Matt, <sighs> say what you will about the rest of the movie. Leatherface at a fun. carnival, carving people up. It's fun. It's a see. good idea. It's a good idea. I like they throw the chainsaw at the camera. That's that's yeah. fun. Well, they have um, to. It's three movies. And then the reveal is that, <laughs> that Alexandra Daddario learns that she's Leatherface's cousin. Yeah. And then it turns out that Leatherface's family has a weird like Hatfields and McCoy thing going on with Scott Eastwood and like the rich people in town. And we, the audience, are then encouraged to root for Leatherface yes. against this rich family. Which again, I kind of like I, seven movies into your franchise. I want to see something I've never seen. I've never seen a movie where it's like, hey, Leatherface is the good guy now. Yeah. And the moment, and I think, you know, I would think that that was bad, except the moment where Alexandra Daddario yells, do your thing, cuz. At Leatherface, <laughs> and then he carves people up. Like fuck it, I'm, I can't not be won over by that. That was it's so charming. <laughs> and then she like befriends Leatherface, and the movie ends with them just like living together. That's great. Being I, buddies. I this is a bad movie, but I think if you were having like an all nighter where you watched every Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, yeah, I think this one you'd be a little punch drunk and you'd be like, all right, that was at least fun. Uh, I own it, <laughs> so I'll watch it again. You own it? I own all these movies. Even except for the next next except for the next one. <laughs> oh god. Uh, I do I not own, own Leatherface. Sorry. I only folks. own the first three, but I, I think I'm probably gonna stick with that. But I own uh, all these movies except for this. Send me your copy of the beginning, maybe I'll watch it. <laughs> Uh no, that's Carlos. He'll get angry. Oh, okay. I can't just send uh, off his DVD. But yeah, so our, our our final film tonight is uh Leatherface, which not to be confused with Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Three. <laughs> this to quote you, Jacob, oofa doofa. <laughs> I, I mean, I know this. I know where you're going to fall on this statement, but my thought with this was my exact thought I had coming out of the uh, Child's Play remake, where I was like, this is either the exact right way to continue this franchise or the exact wrong way, and I have no idea where I fall. I like the Child's Play remake. I don't like this. I... I find very little to like here, Jacob. To me, I think I enjoyed this as a movie for most I of I like it. Lily Taylor in it. I, I love to see her. Love her. I, I think what they do with her character is really cool. Um, I 
fucking hate this movie. I hate it so much. <laughs> Tell me why. I don't care about it. I don't <laughs> care. I do not care about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest with Leatherface. I don't give a shit. I don't care. I don't care about this half-assed Natural Born Killers bullshit. Like, no. If I want to watch Natural Born Killers, I will watch Woody Harrelson and Juliette Lewis go apeshit. I don't need this. I don't need this Kentucky Fried Texas bullshit. It's bad, Jacob. This movie's bad. It doesn't look good. It looks bad. It sounds bad. Ah, god damn it. This movie, it exists and it tortures me. I... I don't like being mean to movies, but if this movie walked up to me, I'd hip check it into a locker. Like, I don't like this movie at all. Bad. I hate to say it. This bad. Is like- bad with the birthday cake. Bad. Bad birthdays. Awful. Awful ideas throughout. I don't care about it. It's terrible. It's awful. Boo. <laughs> I I kind of like this one. <laughs> oh my god. It's terrible. This is I, probably the worst movie I've watched this year. It's okay. th- probably the worst movie I've watched all year. It's just because we didn't watch Leprechaun Origins this year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it ain't good. It ain't I good. See, I liked this as a movie. Uh, if you strip Leatherface away from it, I it might I, be good. It might be I liked, interesting. I liked the characters. I liked. I liked the look of it. I thought it looked really good. It's got. I think it's hideous. Really, oh, that's so yeah. interesting. I, I think it's got an interesting aesthetic. I think the violence and the gore is all pretty good. Steven Dorff is like going nuts, He's and I always sure appreciate seeing him. There's a sex scene with a corpse, which I like. There's a scene where. So, uh, all right, we didn't give a summary of the earlier ones because it's fucking obvious. This one probably needs one because it's fucking the fuck obvious. Seen this movie. <laughs> um, so, Leatherface's gimmick is that the opening is Leatherface getting a chainsaw for his birthday as a child. Oh, happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> okay, that's stupid. When I say that, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, you say it out um, loud and you're like, oh, no, this is bad. Lily Taylor is like the matriarch of the Leatherface family. In this, yes. they're the Sawyer family, as they are in the original, which I, I didn't appreciate until I was watching this. I was like, oh, the Sawyer family. Yeah. I get it. Uh, it's a thing. Um, but Stephen Dorff's daughter is killed by them, and he gets so pissed off that he is just like, fuck you, Lily Taylor. I'm going to take all your kids and put them into an insane asylum. <laughs> which... <laughs> To be fair, probably rude. the right move. A rude thing to do. I mean, rude thing to do, but she is raising her kid to be Leatherface. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Yeah. So, like, you know, I, I, I give him a little bit of uh, a little bit of leeway for that. So then we're in the insane asylum, and then there's a break, and part of the gimmick is in the it's in the insane asylum. We jump forward a number of years. All of the people have been given new names, which this is yes. where I think this movie falters. Is the hook of this movie is we have four characters from this insane asylum and a nurse, and we don't know which one's gonna grow up to be Leatherface. I thought which, it was the the guy who looks like Hurley. You thought, well, all right, Matt, that's on you for falling for the most obvious red herring. Well, of yeah, all the time. of course. Why would why you make this movie's hook be? There's Cause a why, mystery. Because why would I think this movie is smart? Why would I think this movie would make a different choice? 
So that the, you know, you have four characters. Two of them are like young, one's like a young bad guy. One's like a young handsome. Like I'm trying to be good. One is a guy who looks exactly like Leatherface in that he's like giant and has curly hair and doesn't talk. He looks like Hurley. And then, and then there's a woman. And so the hook is that which one's going to grow up to be Leatherface? And I think, honestly, this movie would be a lot better without that gimmick. I think if it had just been the Hurley guy, I think there would have been more time to do more fun, interesting things. But instead, exactly. you have to be like, ooh, we don't know. And then it turns out to we be the know. young, pretty, handsome guy who's conflicted. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you watch his fall, which I don't really give a shit about. I- I'm with and then he gets I- And then he gets put into a saw trap and he gets the, his scarred face and... Yeah, a lot of stupid stuff happens there. It's a bad movie. It, it, it gets major prequelitis in the, I would say, last 15 minutes. Um, it ain't good. But I, 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 the characters, they, they kind of go on a violent rampage as they go out. And there's a scene where the, the woman who has escaped is like having sex with someone. And you're like, ah, this is like a you know, pointless sex scene. And then it, the camera turns around, and it's like just a really gnarly corpse she's fucking. Yeah, and I appreciated that. I don't know. I I thought Ugh. that was cool. Um, I hate this movie. I don't, there was a cool man during the breakout of the asylum. There's a cool strobe scene where the the lights are flickering and they're killing people, and I don't know, I, th- I thought that was cool. <laughs> this movie barely got released. It sat on a shelf yeah. for a year. Um, Matt, do you know what this movie's original title was going to be? Oh, God, please. Well, so this was uh, before they knew it was going to be this. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, also a beginning. (laughs) So the follow-up to Texas Chainsaw 3D was announced as Texas Chainsaw 4. And for the Uh. life of me... I cannot figure out a way to count these movies so that the follow-up this to would Texas be the Chainsaw one. 3D would be the fourth one. Yeah, you can't do it. There's no... <laughs> it's like, one, 3D, this is maybe three? Yeah. The only thing I can imagine is they counted from 3D <laughs> to four. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the only way, yeah. I, I don't know, I, I just, that was a fun fact I found, and I think that that's hilarious. Um... I I think it's funny that both 3D and Leatherface do their own version of the famous butt walking up to the house shot. Yeah. Um, I, I like that they've, they've decided that that's the... I mean, it is the iconic shot. It is the, the movie, iconic but like, series shot, yeah. It's it's a funny shot to recreate, I think. Um, yeah, Leatherface, it's bad. Like, I, I want to be honest. It's not, it's not it's like terrible. a great movie. But terrible. to me... It's, I think, my fifth favorite Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie behind one, two, three, the beginning, and then this. Um, and then the remake, and then four for me. I will That's rank my them. Ranking. I will rank them right now. Yeah, rank them for me. One, two, four, three, and then the rest in the order that they came out. All right. That's fair. There you go. That's <laughs> not a bad ranking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is the it's uh, one of the most uneven slasher series, Jacob. Yeah, and, but you know and, what? I'm glad we watched them. I'm glad yeah, we covered them for me Monsters too. Never Die. I mean, it was bound to happen sooner or later. And here's the thing: it's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
is weird as a franchise because it's it doesn't even have what Hellraiser has going for it, which is just a steady downward decline. <laughs> yeah. Like the Hellraiser movies, it's at least just like each one is worse than the last. But this yes. one, there are some peaks and valleys, but I think on the whole, this is probably our le- the least consistent horror franchise. And it's certainly... Part of that is the scattershot approach to it. It's yeah, they never get enough momentum coming yeah, out of it. They never really get off the runway. Like honestly, Chainsaw 3D did pretty well for itself at the at the box office. Like it opened That's well because it was in 3D. Yeah, why? And they could have kept that momentum going, but instead they make a prequel again. It's exactly again. what happened with the remake. It's like guys, yeah. don't know. Go forward. Just don't keep go going. Forward. Just give me give me a sitcom with uh, Leatherface <laughs> living in an apartment with his cousin. <laughs> you know, that would and he kills great. the and he kills the pizza man one day. Like, just make it fun, Matt. Give you me can't that tell movie. me that wouldn't be good. <laughs> that give me that that movie I would watch and I would enjoy. Give give me a like a remake of My Dinner with Andre with just Leatherface and her just sitting there talking, just just shooting the shit. Fuck, now I want that. Man, <laughs> Alexander DiCaprio. Everything, everything. I know you're getting bigger, but like, come every back movie and do another be, Texas Chainsaw. Every movie should be adapted into My Dinner with Andre. That's my theory. It the, should uh, be a thing. Take your two best characters from any movie and just have them sit in a, in a restaurant, have a conversation for an hour and a half. <laughs> That's all I want. Now, Matt, have you heard about the new one coming out in February? I've heard of it. So, uh, do you I liked, know the premise? I, I liked the trailer I saw. I thought it looked neat. Uh, it's going to be a Netflix thing, right? Yeah. And okay. it's what's confusingly the, what's the just called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Of course it is. And it was shot but, in Bulgaria, which is not a great sure. sign. <laughs> Why? Yeah, sure. But, probably because probably cause so they could get away with actually killing a guy. I, um... I... People made fun of this premise a lot. I can't decide where I fall on it. What's the premise? Let me tell you. Melody, her teenage sister, and their friends head to the remote town of Harlow, Texas to start an idealistic new business venture. But their dream soon turns into a waking nightmare when they accidentally disrupt the home of Leatherface, the deranged serial killer whose blood-soaked legacy continues to haunt the area's residents, including Sally Hardesty, the sole survivor of his 1973 massacre who's hell-bent on seeking revenge. Okay, but that that premise does not capture what I read on Twitter, which is that the hook is that Leatherface has been like trying to live a quiet life since 1973, and this is like what John wicks him back into being Leatherface. And honestly, I dig it. Yeah, I don't hate that. Everybody made fun of that, but I'm like, Leatherface. Yeah, it, like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Family, like, I, I feel like I, he I, would be pretty chill. I saw the trailer. I'm like, yeah, give me old Leatherface. I want that. So yeah, I'm. You know what? I'm probably gonna dig it. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it when it comes out. Uh, we'll we'll let. Yeah, I'll watch it too. We'll let you know on our February it'll be the, episode. It'll be the rare Netflix movie that I watch as soon as it premieres. Yeah, I, I never watch anything they fucking release on. Because because on, honestly, most things they put out look like a fucking chore. Looking at you, don't look up. Adam McKay, do a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Let's see what happens. Don't, please. I don't. I don't need. I don't need Leatherface stopping and looking at the camera and telling me how to make chili. Okay, I don't want that. Uh, no one wants there, that. There's nowhere to go but up. <laughs> don't look. 
Up. Up. <laughs> anyway, another successful but, episode for us. Yes, yes. Merry, merry, uh, merry holidays. Happy New Year happy to everybody. Chrysler. Hope you're hope you're staying safe and not traveling to Texas to be murdered by chainsaw wielding maniacs. Give me a couple um, months, buddy. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm looking yeah, forward so- to 2022. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be really good for this show. Yep. Uh, we have some cool ideas. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, for, you know what, uh, you know what they have. say, Jacob? Uh, idle hands are the devil's playthings. I, you know, I just got the Shout Factory for that, so I, I think we're definitely going to have to maybe get a little handsy. <laughs> it, it'll be a, a very interesting first time watch. Oh man, have you never? Se- oh, we'll talk about this <laughs> off the air. But oh man, no, I've never seen it. Um, yeah, Killer Hands coming next year. That's going to be fun. Uh, maybe we'll finally get around to Fred Krueger. That uh, we're fun. definitely going to get around to old Michael Myers because there's uh, the third and final Halloween. We'll be doing film. that. Uh, we third. will be getting around to or good old Mister. Uh, I want to get around to old Mister Ghostface. Oh I yeah. Think that's going to be a really fun monster that we're going to have to uh, have to tackle very soon, and yeah. uh, that'll be fun. Before we go, though, where can I find you, Jacob? Personally, you on the internet. I, I am online at Jacob underscore D Noble, and that's on Twitter and Letterboxd. How about yourself? Uh, I'm at the Real Matt C. Basically, anywhere you look, uh, but I'm also on Instagram at the Real Matt Photography. Uh, peep it, kids. It's fun. Mm. It's a fun, expensive hobby, Jacob, and I love it. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening. Until next time, stay spooky. I'm supposed to be a mute, but that ain't the truth. Love wearing my blue tie and hair. Just let you know you're not the last one to go.